Good morning, Capital City. Are you glad you're here this morning? Let's give God praise. This looks like a little thin crowd this morning because of COVID and other things, but I told some other people the important people are here. Uh, so as you look and, and say the important people are here and the important people are online. And so we're believing that we have a great online congregation today as people are uh, tuning in to see what is happening at Capital City Church. It is a joy today uh, to have as our guest our district superintendent and his wife, uh, Reverend Joe Duvall and Peggy. Would you stand and let's just give them a welcome and say we are glad to have you here today and uh, welcome. And if this is your first time at Capital City, uh, we want you to feel welcome. We want you to know that we love you. And we want you to know that we want you to experience God as you come into our worship service today. Now, there are some important things that are coming. Uh, tomorrow, we'll begin the 21 days of prayer. Uh, this is something that we have done with Pastor Phil and others, and it will be on uh, the Cap City Live website. And so the 21 days of prayer begins. We're not actually going to do it in-house, in but it will be online. And so we encourage you that are here and those of you that are online at 7 o'clock in the morning to look at 21 days of prayer. And we're going to spend the next 21 days seeking God. Everybody's glad about that? Say amen. amen. I tell you what, we, our nation needs prayer. Our churches need prayer. We need prayer. And God is good. Well, I'll talk to you about some other things as it goes on. As is our custom on the third song. We will have family altar if you would like to come and pray with a pastor or a leader or if you're at home and you'd like to just uh, reach out your hand toward the screen, uh, we will have family altar prayer to pray with you. So, are we ready to worship today? Amen. Let's stand and let's worship together as we worship the Lord.
seen Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you
to our bulletin and fill out the connection card inside with your contact information, prayer requests, and praises, and then drop it in the offering as the ushers are going by. We look forward to communicating with you. On Saturday, January 15th, we are having an exciting leadership conference. All those in the church who are interested in learning more about being a great leader are invited to attend. This event will feature several special guests, including former OCU president, Dr. Doug Carter, and Dr. Larry Frick, who is a medical missionary. Doug Carter will also be guest speaking on Sunday the 16th, so be sure to bring someone with you. You won't want to miss it. Our baptism service has been moved to Sunday, February 6th. If you are prayerfully considering baptism, be sure to connect with Pastor David. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online or by check or cash. Please see the back of your bulletin for more details. May God bless you and thank you for joining us today at Capital City Church.
If you believe that, let's give God praise. You are not your past, and God is your future. And for whatever has happened in the past, this is a new year. This is the second Sunday of the new year, and uh, it's beginning to feel a little bit more like winter in Ohio. How many are glad about that? Oh, you got a few. Okay. How many are sad about that? How many don't care? You know, just what comes. You know, that's the way it is. You know, don't, don't worry about Ohio weather. Just stay around for about 15 minutes and, and it will change. And uh, so we are starting this new year, 2022, and we're starting it with a new sermon series that I have called Make 2022 or 2022 Great. And I just want to say it has nothing to do with political candidates. And everybody's glad about that. Say amen. 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 And it has nothing to do with Repu or, uh, Republican or Democrat parties. Everybody's glad about that. Say amen. Amen. We're not talking about politics. We're not talking about all of that. There's a place to do that, but this is not it. And this series is actually taken from our denominational fellowship. And it's so good to have, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Pastor Joe and Peggy with us today. But our denominational fellowship is focusing on a thing about that we want to become a great commission movement. And what that means is we are focusing on two things. We are focusing on the Great Commission, and we are focusing on the Great Commandment. The Great Commission, of course, is saying go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and to make disciples of all nations. The Great Commandment is that we should love one another even as we love ourselves with all of our heart and all of our mind. We are trying at this church, a capital city, to become, and it is my dream, it is my heart, it's why I came here a couple of years ago, it's why I continue uh, to work with you and work together as a church, because it is my heart, it is my desire to see this church become a truly Great Commission church. And we are talking about and next week, when you come, and I'd invite all of you to come, 9 to 12, you really don't have anything else to do on Saturday morning. Uh, just come, 9 to 12, next Saturday morning, and hear uh, things that are going to inspire your heart and mind. And then next Sunday morning, uh, Doug Carter, Larry Frick will be here. And I'll explain a little bit more about uh, who those two guys are in a little bit. Both of them have impacted my life greatly. But we're talking about this church learning how to reach our Jerusalem or reach our city. And I want you just to, to just let this sink in for just a few moments. Judy Croom and I spent a little time this week, and, and she's got a great heart for the Great Commission. We spent a long time uh, this week uh, in the afternoon with uh, just writing things down, and we talked about what do we have to do to reach our city? 
when I look at the city that's round about us, when I think of the city that's growing around us, when I think of the city uh, that is going to grow around us, when I think about the issues that, that plague the great city of Columbus, I pray that God will help us. I pray that God, during this next 21 days of prayer, will lay such a burden on our heart for the city of Columbus that sometimes we can't eat, that sometimes we can't sleep, that sometimes we're carrying a burden for people who are so lost in, in the things of sin and debauchery and so lost even in upper middle class but not knowing where to go. And we're praying that God would teach us what to do to reach our city. Then we're praying, God, what do you want us to do to reach our Judea? Pastor Joe, what can we do to help other churches? What can we do to help churches that are struggling? What can we do to help new churches be planted? What can we do uh, to reach around and partner with our denomination? What can we do to help those churches? And then our Judea. And it was very interesting as we defined, or our Samaria, I'm sorry. Uh, it was very interesting as we defined our Samaria and its cross-cultural ministry. How do we reach those people who don't look like us, who don't think like us, who may not even believe like us, who may not even speak the same language as us? Columbus is filled with those kind of people. The world is filled with those kind of people. And I believe that God wants us to be a great welcoming center of every tribe, every kindred, every body that can and will not be content until we see this church reflect the way it looks in Columbus, Ohio, and that we reach out in cross-cultural ministries. And then to the world. How do you reach to the world? And Doug Carter will talk to us about opportunities and needs that we can have in the world and what we can do uh, throughout the world. Making 2022 great is taken from an acrostic that has been given by our general superintendent. And it's, the G stands for grow. The R stands for relationships. The E stands for being equipped. The A, and we've changed it just a little, stands for attitude. And the T stands for the teaching of Christ. Last week, we began to look at this matter of make 2022 great by focusing on the subject of grow. There's one thing I just want to remind you of. One thing I want to tell you that I said last week, I'm sure that all of you remember it. I'm sure all of you have it written down. I'm sure that all of you know everything I said last week, like I wish, yeah, right. And uh, so, but you can grow or you can be comfortable, but you can't be both at the same time. You can grow or you can be comfortable you just can't be the same at both times. So today we're going to look at this matter about building relationships. Wow. How long has it been since you may have heard a sermon? Now, I promise you I haven't been here since uh, uh, before Pastor Phil. And I do think I remember him preaching uh, one sermon on relationships but it's not something that we often hear in the church. 
that we need to have relationships and, and relationships in the body of Christ. What does that look like? And, and really, you know, is it really that important? Well, let me just say that if we are truly going to be a great Christian, and if we're truly going to be a great church, I want you to understand relationships are important. Will you say that with me? Relationships are important. Will you look to the person beside you and say, relationships are important? Now, I want to make it very clear. Some of us that are from a, an older day and an older generation, when we hear the word relationship, we think of something uh, romantic. We're not talking about that. Amen, Pastor David. <laughs> we're talking about friendships, and we're talking about connection, and we're talking about this matter of having a relationship one with another. So do you think the Bible has anything to say about this matter of relationship? Well, let's look uh, in the Bible today, and uh, let's look at 1 John, and uh, let's look in, in 1 John chapter uh, 4, and we're going to begin our reading in verse 7. And let's just read what the Word of God has to say. 1 John 4, and we'll begin our reading in verse 7. Here's what the Bible has to say. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Notice the word there, continue. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Think about that. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. Hear that again. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So when you begin to think about this matter, um, David, do you think that relationships really are important? Let me just say it this way. The Bible teaches how important relationships and love are to the growing of our faith and the growing of our heart and the growing of our relationship with God and others when it begins to say that if you love God, you will love others, and if you don't love others, then really the love of God is not in you. When I understand that the Bible says that we need to continue to love one another, I think back of the early church. 
And in the early church, and, and when I was in China, I, I saw this same dynamic played out. How does a church, whether it's in the Roman Empire or whether it's in China where there is such persecution and people are being uh, addressed and people are being arrested and all kinds of things are beginning to happen, uh, what do you do? How does a church stand against that? Let me tell you what. In the, in the New Testament church, and in the Chinese church, and certainly in America as well, there were two things. The first thing that supported them was the fact of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one had ever heard words like the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been looking at it on Wednesday night in our book of Ephesians, and we've talked about the mystery of God. What is the mystery of God? The mystery of God is simply this, John 3, 16, that God, will you say it with me? That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. Words of faith and words of hope and words of love and words of value to people who felt there was no value and words of other things that we begin to understand that only God could say those things. But there was a second thing. And the second thing, and you can see it written up there on the board, the power of Christian community. And what I mean by that, here's what I mean by that, that there was a place where people who had come to Christ, who were facing tremendous battles, who were facing tremendous persecution, who were facing tremendous odds, but they would gather together Many times in small groups, sometimes those groups grew a little bigger. But there was a place where they could walk in and they could know people and people could know them. How many remember Cheers? The old television story, Cheers. Yeah, you remember the song? Sometimes you just want to go where what? You guys are as sinful as I am. You watched it too. So uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just want to go where everybody knows your name. Now, as churches grow and things happen, uh, we can't get to the point to where everybody knows your name. But let me tell you what, you ought to be able to walk into somewhere where somebody knows your name. And I keep working on it and working on it and working on it with Sandy and Kim. And I tell you what, it's been hard, hard, hard. And with Jeanette and Chuck and with Bob and Betty and with others. And, and I have to say, help me with your name again. And, and I, I, I feel, but I want somebody to know your name. I know there are many others that do. A place where they can study the word. A place where they broke bread. A place where they experienced love. A place where they shared their wealth. A place where they sought after lost people. A place where everyone had a gift of ministry and they all did it together. A place where they prayed together and a place where they loved and we're loved. 
I know in my heart today, people are still longing for that kind of fellowship. They're not looking for just bright lights and smoke and all the other things. They're not looking just for uh, great speakers who can bedazzle them. They're not looking just for great teams who can, who can play and say, wow, wasn't that great? All of that is good. But people are really down in their heart. They're looking for a place where there is a fellowship, where I sense in my heart that I belong, and I sense in my heart that God is saying to me, I can find people here who will help me and who will love me and who will not throw me over and people who will be close to me and people that I can know. That's what people are longing for and we have to do that intentionally as a church. When we talk about and ask the question, it'll come up on the screen, are relationships really that important? Are relationships really that important? Let me just tell you a couple of answers. I want you to write these down. The first thing I want you to know is you cannot, and when this comes up, I want us to read this together. You cannot be a great Christian alone. Now now read it with me. You cannot be a great Christian alone. Now read it one more time like you really mean it. You cannot be a great Christian alone. Let's go to the second one. Read it with me. Capital City cannot be a great church without biblical community. I want you to understand that. We cannot be a great church unless we branch out and and understand and begin to love one another. And thirdly, I want you to read this and like you mean it, you cannot reach lost people apart from relationships. You've got to build some kind of a connection. If connection's a better word for you than relationship, you've got to build a connection before people will listen to what you have to say. You can't just walk in and say, here I am, I'm here to, to make everything right in your world. Yeah, right, who sent you? And, and why should I believe you? But when you build a connection and build a relationship, then you can begin to share in a way that God would be pleased. When we talk about how important relationships are, my friend John Maxwell said these words, being connected to others is one of life's greatest joys. Then he said this, few things in life are as important than people and our relationships with them. And then last, the quality of our relationship impacts every area of our lives. For that reason, we should do everything we can to create solid, positive, and strong relationships with others. Let me just say, the Bible tells us that we were formed for fellowship. Some people don't believe that. There are some people who believe that being alone, that being completely alone is the very epitome of being holy. Think about the monasteries, and this is not a knock on any particular religion, but just think about the monasteries. Think about 
the people they said were great people. Here's what they did. They got alone by themselves and, and would chant. I'm not saying that that's all bad because some of them then went out to do service. But I'm just telling you, you cannot be a great Christian alone. Contrast that to the way Jesus did ministry. Jesus was always with people. People were always around him. And the Bible said there were times that he was so busy, he didn't have time to eat. He didn't have time to sleep. And he had to rise up early in the morning before everyone else was around and to get alone because he knew he was going to be with people all day long. If being holy is what it's about, relationships are that. Some people think they don't need others. I worry about those kind of people. You know why? They may lie about other things. We all need someone in our lives. There are other people who want to fellowship, but they're afraid. What if I get hurt? Can I just... Settle it for you? Yep, you're going to get hurt. Just settle that issue. Yep, somebody's going to disappoint you. Yep, somebody's going to probably do something that you wish they hadn't done. But the alternative to that is to put yourself in a room all secloistered and put yourself in a room and stay away from everybody and you can't grow as a Christ follower like that. You will never experience the joy that God wants you to experience like that if you just wrap a robe around yourself and say, I am here alone, I don't need, I'm afraid that someone's going to hurt me. The price of having loving relationships is that you open yourself up to the place that you could be hurt. There are some people who have been so hurt that they just can't stand to try another relationship. Well, that's a little bit like I had a bad meal, so I'm not going to eat anymore. My, uh, my good friends used to be at the university asked me if I liked sushi. How many like sushi? Ugh. We're southern Ohio people here. Uh, ah, Cindy does back there. He kept telling me, I want you to go eat sushi. I said, I don't want to eat sushi. He said, you can have it cold or hot. I said, I don't want either one. I said, I want you to understand something. I'm a little bit like my oldest grandson. When I tried to get him to do something, he's about 10 years old, something like that, I said, here, Zach, try this. He said, Papa, if I haven't tried it, I don't like it. And I said, well, I said, this is a man after my own heart right here. If I haven't tried it, I don't like it. Well, one day they took us off to this restaurant, and what do you think they had? Sushi. I hated it then, I hate it now, I knew I hate it. I knew I hate it before I ever tasted it. I hate it, but I didn't stop eating. You can tell that, okay? So here, here's where we are. I've been hurt once, yeah, probably most of us in this room have. 
But just because you've been hurt once doesn't mean that you stop trying to build formative and spiritual and good relationships with other people that will help you in your walk for Christ. Some people are just so self-absorbed. They don't even know there's anybody else out there. I mean, you know, they walk in the room and, and it's all about them, you know. Uh, uh, well, I don't like this temperature and, and, and I don't like this song and I, I don't like this light and I, I don't like that preacher and I, I don't like the way they greeted me today and I, I don't like that piano in the middle. And I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. What... Good night. Grow up. Amen, preacher. That's good preaching. <laughs> Just so self-absorbed, it's all about me. In the first line of the book, The Purpose Driven Life, anybody remember what it said? It's not about me. And if we're going to understand the relationships with Christ, we have to come to realize it's not about me. It's about the body of Christ. When you look about the relationships that God wants us to have, let's just look real quickly at the scripture, and, and I'm not going to tarry here a long time. But I want you to know we need relationships with others from a biblical point of view because in chapter 4 and verse 9, because God loves us. God loves us, and therefore, because he loves us, he wants us to love others. And secondly, God commands us to love one another. In 4.20 and 21, he is saying, I want you to know this is my command, that you not only love me, but you love one another, for love is of God. It goes a little farther. In 4.21, we love because this is how we show love to God. God says, and the Bible says, if you love God that you've not seen, but you don't love your brother who you have seen, how can that be? You have to love others at, that you have seen to show that you love God. Some of you remember this little poem, maybe, that said, uh, Oh, to live above with saints we love. Oh, that will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's a different story. And God is saying, no, no, no. You've got to learn how. It says that not only that we are to show love to God, it shows we are children of God for seven. It shows that we are a family, and that is what God wants us to be. We are not an organization. We are not an institution. We are the family of God. And everybody said amen and give him praise for that today. Amen. We are the family of God. We are not a corporation. We are not an institution. We are the family of God reaching out to other people, helping them to know the love of Christ. And then we are to love because in 4.12 it says that it is a witness to the world. Jesus said, they will know you are Christians by what? Your love. And they need to be able to look at us and say, I don't understand these people. They come from all kinds of different backgrounds. But for some reason, they love one another. It's amazing. 
And we're not going to rest. And we're not going to quit. And we're not going to stop until God the Holy Spirit begins to work in my heart and your heart and all of our hearts until that expression begins to take place. The Bible also says that we are better together in Christ. We grow better in Christ. We serve better in Christ. We worship better together in Christ. And we reach out together in Christ. Why don't you listen to this statement? Imagine what would happen if every person in our church was part of a group of some kind, of a small group or fellowship group, that every small group reached out together, showing their love in practical ways to those in our community, what would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. A spiritual revolution that involves community transformation, that involves evangelism, that involves reaching out, that involves touching other people, and it begins with community. All right, as I kind of hurry to a close here, I want to ask the second question. How do we build relationships with other people? Now, this is where the rubber starts meeting the road. Would you look at the person behind you and say, now, hold on. Just buckle up. Hold on. Turn around to him. Hold on. Buckle up. He's probably about to step on our toes. Okay, say that again. He's about ready to step on our toes. Someone said, if I step on your toes, say, ouch, I'm sorry, move over, or I'll leave. Now we don't want you to do any, we just want you just to hear the word of God. But I want to get very practical with you here today. I want to ask you, if you're going to build a biblical relationship with other people, the first thing to do is evaluate your relationships. What do you mean, pastor? You don't have to write this down. You don't have to put it on your connection card. You don't have to give it to anybody but yourself. And those of you that are watching online, you don't have to do that either. Here's the question. How many people do you know in our church by name? And you talk about the three or four that we always work with and I hope I have a reason, but probably not. Um, I had Linda hooked up with, I think it was, was it Mark Reichert or Harold, uh, you know, someone, Hundley or somebody, uh, your wife, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had other names be wrong, and then they'll say, I, I, I talked to, uh, uh, I was talking to Brother Weathy today, Bill Weathy, and I said, well, how is your mother or your wife? And said, yeah, that's good. And said, yeah, Betty's back in the hospital. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And what about Donna? And they just looked at me. <laughs> now, Donna is Ray Hale, who passed away's wife, and she just had surgery. I said, yeah, I just talked to her on the phone. But how many people do you know in our church by name? Now, here it goes a little further. How many people do you know in our church you absolutely know are praying for you? Do you know anyone that's praying for you? 
Secondly, how many people are you praying for? And third, how many unchurched friends do you have? Some of you can say a lot, and I'm glad you do. People like me, that's a real challenge. Because as soon as I say I'm a pastor, you just wouldn't believe all the, the contortions uh, people go through uh, to get out of the room. You know, I think I'm going <laughs> to—they think I'm going to call voodoo down or something. I don't know. You know, I mean, you ought to be on an airplane, sitting next to somebody, getting ready for a cross-country flight, and they sit down and say, "Oh yeah, what do you do?" <laughs> I'm a pastor. Oh Lord, you know, and you know they try to get lost in their magazine. Um, but how many unchurched friends? Some of us need to intentionally do that. Or just make some unchurch friends. Secondly, how do you build relationships? Secondly, you confess to God that you need and want to build a relationship. And notice I didn't say, say to God. I want you to understand what I'm saying this morning. Confess to God. I need and I want Biblical relationships in my life. Number three, realize that we are a family. We are a family in Christ. Please understand that. If you can understand that, if you get that, that's a big thing to happen today. We are not an institution. We are not an organization. Yes, there's an institutional side. Yes, there's an organizational side. But we are a family in Christ. Again, talking with Judy Kroom, who went to Egypt. And she told me, well, I've got a wonderful way that I learned to do this. And I said, well, how do you do that? And she said, I take family and I use it like this, use it as a crossing. Forgetting about myself, instantly loving you. I said, Judy, that's really good. I didn't ask her if it was hers, but uh, I just presume it was. But if it isn't, it's worth repeating. Uh, forgetting about myself. You know the reason why most times we don't reach out for community? We're so afraid of ourselves. Somebody's going to hurt us. Somebody's going to reject us. Whatever. And then number four, begin to bless other people that you want to build a relationship with. And we have used this little acrostic. You'll see this uh, over and over and over. And we actually got it from Chris Johnson in our Winchester church during a, uh, uh, at the South Central District when we were having an evangelism conference during their camp. If you want to learn to have a relationship with somebody, the first thing is begin to learn to pray for them. I think I have that up there, yes. Begin to learn to pray for them. Second, learn to listen to them. My wife has wonderful relationships. She knows people everywhere. She knows more about all of you than I do combined. You know why? She asks questions. Sometimes that drives me crazy, but she asks questions, lots of questions. She has told me after we leave church about some of you I said, well, I had no idea. Well, you didn't ask. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's probably a fair statement. I'm too busy telling instead of 
asking, learning to eat or have a cup of coffee with them. That's why we have the coffee bar over here. You can come early. And Kelly, hold your hand up. Kelly and, and Sandy and Kim and Sonia and all of them, they have that every Sunday. It's not, we're not selling it. We're not making money. We just want to give you a chance to sit down with somebody and have a cup of coffee. And hopefully, it's somebody that you don't know. Amen. Boy, it gets quiet in here. And uh, so, and then... Serve them. How can I help you? How can I serve you? And then the last one is tell them your story or share with them. Now, I want to finish this this morning by talking to you for just a moment about my most important relationship. I want you to understand that God is not interested in having you just obey a set of rules. God is interested in having a friendship and a fellowship with you. And sometimes people have the wrong impressions of God. One person said to me that many people, after going through a lot of different people that he had talked to, he had talked literally thousands of people. He said, usually most people have a wrong relationship of God. And they come down to four pictures. The first picture is the picture of a wall. If you could picture a wall that's so high and so wide and so long that you can't get around it, you can't get over it, there's no door in the wall, and you're on one side and God's on the other, and I know he's over there, but I don't have any idea what God is like. I have no idea if he's a God of love, he's a God of hate. I don't know if he's a God of whatever. I just know he's over on that other side. I have no idea what God is like. Second picture that he said was a ladder. And many people's picture of God is a ladder that every time they do something right, they add another rung on the ladder. And every time they do something wrong, they take a, the rung down from the ladder. And they never know if they've got enough rungs to go up. And they never know until they get to the top. And they never know what's going on. And they begin to understand that on this rung of the ladder that they can never really know. The third picture, and it's so true, is that of a garbage can. And the garbage can just simply says this. Even if there is a God, there is so much garbage in my life. There's so much junk in my life. There is so much that is wrong in my life. Even if there was a God, he wouldn't be interested in me. But you couldn't be more wrong. The right picture of God is a door. And it's the door of your own heart. And if you have gone a thousand miles away from God and run the other direction, 
God goes every step, every step, every step to your heart's door. And he's knocking on the door. And he's saying, if you open the door, I will come in. On Wednesday, without using any names, we had a very powerful experience in our men's prayer group. Gentleman came in and he listened to all of us as we prayed. Got up and walked out a few times, came back. The last time he sat down, we were just ready to stop praying, and all of a sudden he started praying. Oh God, I am not worthy of you. Oh God, my life is such a mess. Oh God, you know the things that I've done. I've not been a very good husband. I've not been a very good dad. I've not been a very good person at all. Uh, Lord, you know that I'm just an absolute wreck. And I come to you. And when he finished praying, we sat there for a moment in silence. And I thought in my heart, thank God he did that, but that's, we got to go on the rest of the way. And so I asked him by name, I said, do you believe God would lie to you? He said, no, sir, I don't. Do you believe if God said, if you confess that he would forgive your sins, do you believe he'll forgive you? Yes, sir, I do. I said, I'll go a little further. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Jesus said, if I stand at the door and knock and anyone opens the door, I will come in. Do you think God would lie to you? And he said, no, sir, I don't. I said, if that's true, where is he right now? He looked over at me and there was a glow on his face. He said, he's in my heart. He's in my heart. He's in my heart. I said, you just tell him in your own words, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. It's not because of how worthy you are or how good you are. It's because he loves you. Now, here's what I want us to do. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to take your connection card, if you would. I want to address, first of all, those people you really want a relationship with God, but you're not really sure. You're not sure if you died today that you're really ready to go to heaven, but you want to be. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm not going to ask you to, but I want you to take your connection card, and I want you to pray this prayer after me silently as I pray, because he is standing at your heart's door. He's knocking at your heart's door. He wants to come into your life this morning. So as we bow our heads, just pray this prayer silently. Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I'm not worthy of your grace, but I pray that you will forgive me. I pray that you will come into my heart. 
I pray that, Lord, that with you will knock down the garbage can with the, with the fountain. And will you knock down the, the, the ladder with the cross? And will you make a door in the wall until I know you? And Lord, I just trust you today. I don't even understand all that I'm doing, but Lord, I ask you to come into my heart. Lord Jesus, I believe there are people this morning around this place that did just exactly that. I want us as a church to give God praise and thanks and give God glory. Let's give God praise. Will you please put it on your connection card? We would love to follow up with you and give you some material that will help you in this new life in Christ. And then the last thing I want you to do. Some of you are going to do this and some of you aren't. I know. But I would like for you to pick two people somewhere around your own age somewhere around, and not somewhere around, a person of your own sex. <laughs> Just try to be clear here. So men with men, women with women. Just two. And for the next 21 days, during this 21 days of prayer, I want you just to form a little prayer fellowship. That means that maybe once a week you could call each other on a conference call or a Zoom call or you could get together and just simply say to each other, what can I pray with you about this week? For those of you that are really bold, find people you don't know. For those of you that are a little more reticent, find people you do know. Well, what if somebody else wants to come in? If it's four or five, it doesn't matter. But I'd like for you to find two. I want you to find two to just simply say, I'm going to pray with them. From now till January 29th, once a week. And if there are some of you that say, I'd really like to do this, I'd really like to be a part of fellowship, but really, Pastor, I don't know anyone. Just put your name on a card and say, I'd like to be a part of a prayer fellowship. And we'll get you in part one, I promise you. Do you really want to be a great Christian? Do you really want our church to become a great church? We can't do it without growing. And we can't do it without relationships. So here's what I'm going to let you do. When I, I pray and then after the offering, just find those people as you walk out. If you have to walk across the room, do it. If someone's uncomfortable, I don't even know how to pray. Just tell them, I'll listen to you, but I can't pray. It's okay. It's all right. We're not making it hard. We just want you to know other people. And let them pray for you. And you can pray for them. So, Father, today, I believe with all my heart that as the year unfolds and as all this COVID stuff may begin to 
to, to leave us, but Lord, our world is in a chaotic spot. We really do need each other. And you have given to us this beautiful, beautiful thing of the gospel and community. Lord, teach us how to become a biblical community in Christ that we may reach out to others that need Christ so badly. Now take your connection card and will you just either write down a prayer request or write down a praise. If you're new, just fill that out so we can be in contact with you and touch base with you. We're not going to try to come and twist your arm. We're just so glad you're here. And if you want to be a part of a fellowship group, put it down. And in just a moment, we're going to collect them. Jesus, we love you today. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have our ushers come forward, and as they come, please remember the Evangelism Conference Saturday, 9 to 12, and Sunday, Doug Carter, Larry Frick. Larry Frick was my personal physician, and I walked with him in discipleship, and I watched him leave a thriving medical practice to become a medical missionary. You'll want to hear his story. Doug Carter is probably one of the great evangelists and one of the great missionaries of all time. So as we give, as unto the Lord, let's just give tonight, live this morning. Father, bless this offering. Bless those who can give and those who can't. Bless those online. And Lord, thank you for their lives today. And may you bless us in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen. you know or that you don't know write down their name have them put it in your phone do whatever and we're gonna have a prayer fellowship right after this service the board will meet and we're going to meet in the room uh, across from the chapel and we have lunch set up for our board members so board members right after this lunch and we invite uh pastor joe and pastor peggy to stay with us if they'd like so i want us to sing as we go lead us one more time in what we're going to do. Lead us, Olivia.